What's up, everybody? We are back for the fourth edition of the True Shot Guest Spot. And today, as you can see, we have Josh Thomas of the band Thousand Josh Below. Thomas. Yeah, so Josh is the guitar player for the band, but also I've known Josh now for, uh, I want to say, almost three years now, and we kind of talk about that in the episode a little bit about how I got to know Josh and, we do. Um, and all that, and it's kind of an interesting story. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool, but you know, we went through a lot of different things. We talked about them changing their sound a little bit sonically from LP1 to LP2. We talked about uh, them getting signed. We talked about the formation of the band, the name change of the band. Adam and him had a freaking 20-minute twenty minute, 20 diet tribe about, oh, do you know how to plug in the X-52 Signata Vasato into the into the <laughs> Wong Bong Wong Dong? You know, like, I, I don't know what the freak they said. Hey. I, I, I just kind of went good content for all you nerds out there and uh you know i just kind of hung i just kind of hung back and just i just let adam at it so uh yeah so we are also doing a reaction video uh to them we're doing we'll be doing lost between which will be coming out at the time you're listening to this uh it depends on when you're listening to this i wouldn't even say that but just on the day that we're releasing the episode which is june 9th 2020 we're going to be releasing a reaction to their song lost between featuring marcus bridge as well which we're about to record and yeah, guys, this was an awesome episode. It was nice to finally talk to Josh after knowing him for all these years. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, here it goes. Here is Josh Thomas of Thousand Below. So, Josh Thomas, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, having a good day. Excited to excited to do this with you guys. Awesome. Yeah. yeah so this is Adam it. here. I know that me and you uh, know each other previously, but this this is Adam, the guitar player for uh, our band. How's it going, Adam? Good. You man. Doing well. So, so I wanted to start this off. So Josh and I uh, go back a little ways. This is the first time we're actually talking in person. I guess if you want to call it that. Um, so I don't know if Josh even remembers this, but how I got to know Josh kind of it went like this. So about, man, it had to be about almost three years ago now when you guys were on tour with Vail Amaya and Devil Wears Prada. Okay, yeah, that was that was October 2017. So. Yeah, yeah. So I, I so happened to be in Philadelphia because I'm from New Hampshire. So I so I happened to be in Philadelphia at the time. And uh, at the time, I was still in college. I was in a journalism class, and you had to live stream, you had to live tweet an event. And so I was in Philly, and Vale Amaya was playing because I was the only band. I, I knew who Devil Wears Prada was. I knew who mm-hmm. Vale Amaya was. And so you guys were on the bill. I didn't know who you guys were at the time. So I was like, "Oh, screw! It. I'll just go to this show, and this will be my college assignment. I'll just live tweet the show." So what's what's hilarious is I know, I remember. Because I, I still like all the time will just search like thousand below on Twitter or whatever yeah. and just like read what people have been saying, reply to people and stuff. I remember seeing this thread of like live tweets, but I I have a different memory of how we like okay that, I believe so uh, yeah continue but yeah so no so basically what happened is I just kept live tweeting and I was I just remember saying stuff about thousand below just you know like kind of basically what I was seeing just live tweeting what I was seeing. And uh, I think Josh had followed me, and it just kind of continued on from there. Um, and I know that Josh is into football, fantasy football, so I know that he and I talked a little bit about that. I know that 
you know, he follows um, a guy who I also follow in the fantasy football community, Justice Mosqueda. I love love Justice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So what's your rendition of events? Well, so it's basically the same thing. I, I was really into like scouting football players at the time and like really into the NFL draft and yeah. things like that. So um, I remember I was just following a bunch of, of draft people. So I like you, Justice, uh, I, it's four verts now, but it was Sunday fiasco at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a, a bunch of different people. Charles. And I remember inter- yeah, Charles. Charles. I remember just interacting with you, talking about prospects a few times, and then we just kind of yeah. t- turned into into music since <laughs> which, then. Which, but <laughs> by the way, I've been waiting to bring this up. But by the way, Josh doesn't follow me on Twitter anymore. Just by the way, I just want to throw that uh, out there. <laughs> which, I, I feel like that there must have been a point where because I do, I do this a lot. I'll go through and like if I haven't interacted with someone in like the past four months, then uh. I, I just I feel like an idiot now. Yeah, the my only, bad. The, the, the only guy to ever live tweet a thousand below show and he unfollows me. You believe that? Unbelievable. Hey. <laughs> Dude, there might have been like one more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So the other thing too that I wanted to bring up, and I remember I talked to Josh about this as well. And I have the screenshot here from our, from our, our DMs. It was March of 2018. I told him that I was... <laughs> no, 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 dude, no. I told you I have the scandal. No, but uh, so I was just DMing with him, and I was talking to him about, you know, wanting to start a band and stuff like that. And there's a bunch of other just extremely cringe messages from my side about me. I was trying to buy a guitar, which I don't even know why. Hindsight, I don't know what the hell I was thinking trying to play guitar. But uh, anyway, I was just telling him, I'm just like, you know what, man? Like, I've always wanted to form a band. And I was like, so but when you guys start headlining shows, you better take us out. And he's like, well, when we do, you better have a band ready. So I have those <laughs> messages just, you know, just for some proof, just for when the time comes, because thousands and belows on the uppity up right now so so josh is in a way responsible for a true shot starting so there we go very nice there we go. i i do remember that actually i remember talking about band names at the time you were yeah. you were uh <laughs> sending logos over different band name ideas we were talking yeah. about that all the beginning yeah because i remember I, I, well because so to, to go into thousand belows name I remember you you you've said that you weren't you're not really a huge fan of the name. I don't know if that's still true or not. But uh I know that you guys changed your name. So are you still a fan? Uh, are you are you a fan of Thousand Below the name now or what's Um I'm a little more of a fan of it than I was before, but I'm not still not the biggest fan. I'm not I'm not a big fan of people who mix it up so much with the number like 1000 rather or like oh, 8000 really? below. So I, I feel like it gets mixed up to like a thousand below or thousand below with like the number there when people are writing it out or thousands below we get a bunch, um, but yeah I don't I don't mind it. I think the band and like the aesthetic and the image you put to it yeah. makes the name cool or not cool. So right. we could have the coolest what I think is sounding name, but if our band wrote bad music and had bad imagery, then you know <laughs> yeah, it, would, it would be pretty wack. Oh, that, like bring bring, bring me the horizons like one of the worst band names that. I could think of it's just like I a know. Pirates of the Caribbean quote, but like they make it sick. Yeah, well, yeah. So because yeah. I know that I had, I went back and I listened to I know you guys recently did a Q and A on Rise's YouTube channel, so that was part of my uh, pre-interview research, if you will. And that so was, that was so chaotic. I'm sorry you watched <laughs> that. <laughs> 
Well, some of them, I mean, I'll be honest, I fast forwarded a little bit, yeah. but you know, cause I'm trying to get to the meat of the details, you know, I'm trying to, cause I'm a journalism graduate, you know, I'm trying to, trying to get the hard hitting, you know, there was uncover. no details in there. It was us answering the weirdest <laughs> questions and just like going on massive tangents. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but so what, one thing I got out of it though, is that, and I didn't know this is that you guys used to be called shade for a hot minute before you had to change mm-hmm. band names. Uh, cause, uh, cause of copyright reasons. Is that right? Yeah, so we were um, Shade when we first started out. We did we recorded four songs. We self-funded that on our own and did a music video on our own. They were um, Tradition, Sinking Me, The Love You Let Too Close, okay. and Follow Me Home, I think, were those four. So okay. we had like an EPK with the band name Shade. We had a logo all done up. I, I made a website, and we shopped that around. And then when we got signed, uh, that was copywritten. So we had to like come up. Obviously, it's it's a one word, very like vague thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah but I, I've never heard of a band Shade prior to right. I think th- I think there was some band like in the '80s or something that owned the copyright to it. But I think I think I saw in an interview James was uh, talking about there was like, a clothing company that may have owned po- possibly. Yeah, I, heard, I think there was a bunch of things that were like around it that were like we probably could have gotten away with it, but just to save the hassle of not having to worry about it. And also when we came up with a new name, a big thing for us was like uh, SEO. If someone searches our band name, like if if our band name was shade and they just search shade, it would be impossible to find you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's where like Instagram, Twitter, Google thousand below. If you just search thousand below, we're the first thing that pops up. Yeah. So were there, were there some other names that you guys had in mind or like, how did that work out? Did you guys come up with a name? Did like your manager have any, uh, like this, like here's five names, pick one or. It it took a long time to figure out a name actually. (laughs) Um, I remember there's a few band names that got used as parts of like lyrics in album one. So I think, I think like into the gray was a band name uh, that we tried out for a minute and like for every band name that we had thought of at the beginning, I would try to make like a like album art type deal of like what the branding would kind of look like so we can kind of feel it out more. I think we had that. We had uh I think our other guitarist had a Still Atlantic was a band name. I think Carry the Weight might have been a band name at the time. Um, oh wow. I remember I I wanted to call it some movements like as movements came out. So I didn't know that they were uh, a band, but I wanted to do that. Uh, that would have yeah. been bad if, if we picked that and then they blew up and we were stuck with the, the knockoff movements name. Oh, <laughs> but, <man>. uh, <laughs> we, we would send in names and they'd be like, yeah, this has a copyright for this. Or like, I don't know, we're not a big fan of this, like our manager and our label together. Um, so eventually what we did was just created one big list of like band names probably like 20 names long maybe longer and just sent them to our manager and our label and we're like hey you guys pick whatever one you like best and we will just go with that because we were okay with any of the 20 band names on there Hmm. yeah i don't i don't think thousand below is a bad name and i like it i like it I, well, I heard you guys explaining the logo too, and I think it's cool. So it's like an M with a, a sideways B for the Roman numeral for thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks like that, like that a, was all the designer too. Like we kind of had the idea to use an M or something like that, and like we kind of yeah. had like the aesthetic of like what we wanted our vibe to be. But the designer, we were kind of had a very vague. This is kind of what we're looking for thing, and then she came up with that. And right when I saw it, I was like, this is a very good, unique, like, if you see it, this will be us. Yeah. So I'm happy with that. I, I love that. 
So the kind of the, and I'll let Adam talk here eventually. I'm, but you know, it's, it's I, fine. I it's fine. I, I'll, I, I'll, we'll get there. I have never spoken to this man in person before. I, this is this is this is big. You know, this is a, a coming together. So it kind of happened when we did we we did Rohan, right? I mean, uh, you know, you have someone that you've you've discussed things with before. You know. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. So the, the one thing that you, I heard a lot that you mentioned in there is you talk a lot about, about pretty much the presentation of the band. You know, you're talking about the EPK and, re- mm-hmm. and having a website, having it all professional, so that way you can send it out. Um, also, you know, lo- a, a logo, a strong logo that people can look at and associate, because I think that's mm-hmm. obviously very important. Um, so just I want you to touch on that because I know that you know we have some bands that listen to this, some you know localish kind of bands and. Um, I think one thing that sometimes gets overlooked is maybe the packaging and the presentation of mm. your band. So yeah. just I wanted you to speak to the importance of that because obviously you're signed to Rise Records and I know Thousand Below is your first band. So just explain how that process of making that packaging together was important in getting you guys signed to Rise. Well, I mean, I think it's just important in general in, as in being a band. Like if you come across a band's Instagram and their logo just looks <sighs> – amateur and just kind of whack and like their branding just doesn't look good you know what i mean then you're not really going to give them a chance that's where if you come across a band like static dress i think is an amazing example of this they're still a very small band as far as i know i uh, i think on socials they don't have too many followers but if you go to static dresses instagram they look like a professional band they they have like a very good aesthetic they have a very like, an image that they want to convey gotcha uh, so it comes across, if, if you were just to come across that band on Instagram, you'd be like, oh, this is a professional-looking band, and you're probably more likely to give them a chance. And I'm, yeah. I'm assuming it's that way for managers. For If, if you're not going to put in the effort to make yourself look good, uh, to care about what you're presenting, then I don't think people are going to care about uh, consuming it. No, for sure, because we talked, because uh, on the last episode of the podcast, we had uh, Kendall Johns from the band Dead Crown on. Oh, I, sure I love you're... Kendall. Yeah. I, I did. I, I filled in for a band, Line I Am, for a tour uh, that with, with his old band, We Rise the Tides. Oh, so, really? so, wow. Yeah. Small world. <laughs> did, he, did he have the hairdo back then? Like the big afro uh, hair? Yeah, well, see, he has really curly. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. I think he did, and he, I think he had it in a top knot at the time. Oh, okay. I'm not sure though. I'm not sure, but it was, this was a long time. This was like 2014. Oh wow! Yeah, no, because we he's our guy. You know, like for graphic design and stuff like that. Like we we go to him for all of our presentation stuff. We were we were talking to him about all that because he does really phenomenal work. And it's sad because I see a lot of bands that you know they might have pretty good content in terms of music and whatnot, but the the the, the artwork and the aesthetic looks like something I did in Microsoft Paint, and I'm not at all <laughs> like mm. very inclined. And it's it's just sad to yeah. see. So. Um, so you guys, obviously you're signed to rise, like I said, a few times, uh, mm. explain that process a little bit. Like, were there some other labels that you were considering or was rise? Cause I know rise is obviously, you know, it's rise records. Everybody, if you think of, you know, this genre, this scene or whatever you think rise records. So were you guys just like, we want rise or were there other opportunities well, available or, I mean, we, we all grew up listening to rise bands and being stoked on rise records. I, I don't think that when we were like trying to get signed, we were like, we want rise. It's rise or nothing. We we, we were like, someone please sign us, and we'll sign like anything. <laughs> um, the, the rise core bands, yeah, yeah. I, I think we, we had like small conversation with Solid State, I believe. Wow. Um, oh, Equal wow. Vision passed on us. I think. I think that they liked it. I remember hearing like a lot of positive feedback, but it wasn't like the 
genre that they really wanted yeah. to be kind of going yeah. in. Like they, yeah. they were kind of rated themselves as like a different genre of label at the time. Right. Um, and then I think there was a couple other here and there things that we would talk to or hear like, oh, maybe they might be interested. Oh. Um, but I remember one day our manager. Uh, or our ex-manager, he's he's moved on to bigger and better things now. He uh, <laughs> <laughs> when we first talked to him, he's like, "Yeah, like I'll I'll kind of manage you guys, see where like where it goes. This isn't like a in concrete thing, but I'll shop you around and see how it works." And I remember he sent us, I think it was just like a screenshot of like an email that he had to Sean at Rise, mm. and uh, it was like basically blatantly, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And then just a YouTube link to the tradition video. And then, like, the reply was like, yeah, let, sounds good. Let's do it. Uh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So we, we had a bunch of, like, back and forth talking, like, the other labels might be interested. And then Rise right away, it was just that easy. Sent them a link of the YouTube video. Not even the EPK or anything. <laughs> but it was just it was just the, the one song with the video. And they were just like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so you did all this work, this pro- professional packaging. And they were just like, yeah, man, sure. Not even taking a look <laughs> at all this hard work you did well, on the back it, end. It, it, it helped us uh, yeah, yeah. For, for release and for you know everything yeah. that we've done since then. Right. But, yeah. But yeah, so, no. So it's super sick. So this will also be an education for Adam and I here. So the process of submitting a band to a label. So I know that you said you had a manager. So explain, mm-hmm. I guess, the logistics of it all. Uh, I, I, mean, I think it's probably different for every scenario. Um, our vocalist and our old drummer used to be in this band called Outlands that was on Tragic Hero, and okay. when you sign a contract you have to have a lawyer i believe review the contract on both ends that way um something can't happen and you could be like oh i didn't know what i was signing you know because you legally have to have the lawyer over like overview the contract and like let you know what's going on i believe but so the lawyer that that did that for them was this dude alex ploegsma um who's our lawyer he's one of the most amazing people i've ever met in my entire life he's he's like six foot five male model gorgeous (laughs) successful lawyer in new york nicest person i've ever met whenever we go there he always takes me to like to this bar and like won't let me buy a drink uh and it was we always have like the greatest time but so he uh knew jimmy and was like yeah like i'll shop this around to a couple managers and um our man our old manager jason majo uh was one of uh his good friends that he was doing some business stuff with and it was kind of our target manager we would have loved to work with him because he managed a couple of our friends bands um But so he sent it to Jason, and then Jason just called Jimmy and was like, hey, what are you guys like about? What do you want to do? And then they had like an hour-long conversation that just turned into like, a, I'll manage you not in like concrete as your manager right now, but I'll shop you around and kind of see how it goes. And if things kind of work out, then like I would love to be your manager. Um, wow. But it was it was kind of just who we knew, and we got hooked up yeah. from, from Alex to Jason to Rise. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm sure not every band has has that same. No, story. I mean that's de- that's <laughs> definitely uh, kind of a, an interesting trajectory. But so yeah, what, go ahead, what Adam. year what what year was that? Was that that was 2016? That's then, what I was gonna I say believe. right before your full length. So did you have your your first full length done before you signed? Um, or we had the four songs done, mm-hmm. uh, tracked and recorded already, and then we had two more songs that were like written, but they weren't like tracked and recorded or anything yet so we went back into the studio and uh re-recorded i think no we didn't re-record the first four songs we just recorded no we we sorry so we re-recorded all the guitars and bass for the first four songs and the other seven songs so we had an 11 song album nice. and then we used the vocals from the first four and then retracked all that 
but we had six songs when we got signed, and we just had to like power out uh, writing the other ones. So what's the process with that, right? So you know, Rich and I were actually talking. I don't know if it was today or yesterday. Man, we got to get like a writing house where we can just sit for like a week and just write for hours, hours. Just that's all we do. So you you're saying pounding out the music, you know, kind of what was the process for that? Did you kind of lock yourself in a room or did you do you guys did you guys separate or did you how did that work? Um for album 1, it was a pretty different process than for album 2 kind of. Um album 1, I feel like we didn't really know what we were, like kind of what we were doing. So we were just writing music and whatever sounded cool to us, we're like, "Yep, this is sick." We didn't really have any expectations to be like a successful band. Mm. We were just like <laughs> we're just going to write some songs and we didn't know much about song structures or like uh, certain layering. We were just writing music and putting guitar parts over guitar parts. Yeah. Um, and our our old guitarist uh, wrote, I think, like the first four songs that we did. And he would just come over to my house, um, and I would pre-pro. I would just engineer it very badly, um, some pre-production, so that so that we can like kind of get the song. Yeah. <laughs> what we do, right? I mean, just to kind of get it out. Um, but come around album two and now what we're doing is a little different um i can't do that like writing session like i'm gonna go write with someone and we're gonna start from scratch and just like figure something out that stresses me out i need to have like an idea and i know what i'm doing so i i think i write best um when it's just me at like one in the morning and there's like nothing else going on there's no one on my phone i don't have no distractions and i could just listen to random songs on Spotify and just kind of try to get like a vibe that I'm looking for, go on splice and just find a sample that kind of like inspires me to do something. Yeah. And then I'll come up with like a, a base idea of like a chord progression I want to do or like a sound that I want. And then b- before Corona, cause now it's changed a little bit too, but before <laughs> yeah. Corona, I would take that to our bassist house and then we would kind of form that into a full song together. He, he's, he's very good at kind of like taking the ideas and making them better and making them like full fledged songs, structuring them out and stuff like that. Uh, but that's how our process has kind of changed is I'll just come up with like a chord progression or like an idea of a vibe that I want Yep. or like, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That, that, that's pretty, pretty much the process. You know? well, yeah, for sure. It's, it's funny. Cause, uh, you know, where everybody gets their education these days, the, the Joe Rogan podcast. I remember that they were talking about something on there about how you are generally more creative at night because of different receptors in your brain that are active during the day. They calm down mm-hmm. at night and the more oh. creative one. It's it's crazy stuff. So that that's funny that yeah, because because we're both dads, both Adam and I. Like I we yeah. I have we I have a son and he has two kids. So we try to get together when we can, and that's kind of like the time when we try to write some stuff and then like he'll t- write some stuff and I'll send over voice memo mouth riffs, not yep. knowing anything about guitar. I'm just like, here's the sound. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Cause I remember I, I was listening to an interview that, um, is it, does he like to go by James or Jimmy? Like what, what's he, what's he prefer um, to go by? I think I've never he, met the... I, so I think he prefers to go by James now. Okay. Um, but I've known him for so long now that I'm I'm never going to stop calling him Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it happens. I remember uh, listening to an interview that he did, and basically how you guys all met was that there was like this house that you guys had, and people would just come over there and party on weekends and stuff. And then that's how you guys kind of met. Or did he embellish it a little bit? Or, or... Well, kind of. Um, I 
he was in another band, um, and then our bassist and our, our same him and our old drummer were in another band together. And then our old, our bassist and our old guitarist were in another band together. And then I was a photographer. That's what I I used to do, and I used to try to like kind of push as what I wanted my career to be was like uh, photography, videography, stuff like that. But so I would go, I would do promos for both of them. Um, I would go shoot shows and stuff like that. So that's how I got to like know each of them kind of vaguely, you know. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I had this house that kind of just turned into, I don't know how, I don't know how it happened. I don't want it to happen. It just turned, <laughs> it turned into like, I would, I would, I would wake up at 11 AM and go into my living room and there would be two friends in my house just playing video games on my TV. And I'm like, I didn't want, like you just came over and just walked in and started playing video games here. <laughs> and then it would just like turn into a party and then six people would stay there and then i'm like well you i'm not letting you drunk drive home so like yeah just stay here but then they would end up staying for like four days um (laughs) (laughs) and so like that that's me and jimmy really kind of bonded there uh because i remember one night specifically he had a dd and he was over at my house we were all partying drunk and he was like hey i'm gonna leave uh you guys ready and jimmy was like you know what just go we'll figure it out and i was like what do you mean you'll figure it out he's like i don't know it sounds fun we'll just like figure out how we're going to get home tomorrow. And then I think that turned into them staying there for like two, three days. Uh, oh, but yeah, man. that, that, that house, it, I don't know how it turned into that, but that's what it was. Uh, that's funny. That, that, that's how we all became like friends. That's I, remember, awesome. I remember talking to our basis. I used to write like jazz music and stuff like that. And I was kind of getting really into like the intricacies of, of timing and music and how parts can go over each other. Um, so I was like, Hey, we should start. Cause he also is very, he's a better guitarist than I am. It's very annoying, and he just doesn't want to play guitar. He's like, yeah, I suck at playing guitar live. I'm going to play bass. Um, but I was like, yeah, let, let's start, like, a cool, like, uh, alternative, like, jazz band. And just kind Is of, like, that JB? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's that was, like, the first, like, I thought this, that was, this was going to be my first, like, real band thing that I did. And then it did not happen whatsoever. And now <laughs> I'm very bad at guitar, and I can't do that anymore. <laughs> Well, no, because I think it's interesting that it's because Thousand Below is your first band, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I had filled in and like uh, been like a touring guitarist for bands and stuff, but right. I had never like had a band before, unless you yeah. count like a middle school go to my neighbor's house and jam in their garage band. Mm. If, if that counts, right. then that, that, that has some merit, but we'll, we'll discount <laughs> that. We'll say that Thousand Below is the uh... yeah. We never played any shows, so I don't think that counts. You know, uh, you, you didn't play at Whiskey Go Go or anything like that with yeah, the uh, no, middle nothing. school band. But uh, no, so I think that's interesting because you had mentioned. So you had also said that you had another guitar player before, and if I remember correctly, I'm trying to remember all these names. Is it Devin who used to be early yes. guitar? I'm pretty Dude. good at that. You know, see, Adam, this I'm I did freaking the terrible with names, man. I, I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm also ex- the worst with names. I would have had I'm to just, take notes, man. I would have been to have like notes here if I I'm wanted just to remember an, names. I'm just an excellent researcher. I mean, what can I say? But anyway, though, I so I know this because I heard that you know he's not, obviously not in the band anymore, and it was mm-hmm. I guess from what I heard and stuff, it was because he wanted to play more heavier styles of music. Is that uh, true? N- not necessarily. I think it was just kind of some personal issues between mm-hmm. just like how the band dynamic was and, and certain things. Um, we, we definitely did have like different, um, what we wanted to do. I don't think he wanted to go like heavier, heavier. Okay. It just didn't want to stray as much from like the original sound as kind of as we did. Um, I gotcha. But yeah, it, it was, it was more just kind of like personal things within the band. Mm. I, I yeah. 
Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's probably as much as I want to get into that part. No, of that. That's all good. No, I, I, just heard, I heard James, he was talking about it, and I, I, he had mentioned something about him you know, wanting to play you know, heavier, not necessarily heavier than what you guys were doing, but in that yes. sphere. Yeah, Yeah, because also at the time, me and JB were listening to like a lot of pop music, and we like, loved like the structures of pop music, and we wrote like a few pop songs and stuff. So I, he probably thought that we were nice. trying to do specifically that, which I mean... At a point, I probably was trying to do just that for Thousand Below, but it's that's not Thousand Below. Uh, I remember, but yeah, I remember, at a time, I remember at one time you told me that you know you weren't really like a a, a metal core metal kind of guy. You were more into you know kind of like the pop sphere and whatnot. I, I still love heavy music. I I we we just toured with Bad Omens. I I love Bad Omens. Yeah, yeah. I, I listen I listen to stuff like Spite. Um, I listen oh. to some like really heavy stuff like that. I just don't do it that often. Um, and I'm not a big like metalcore riff guy. Like when I'm writing, I don't I don't want to write like riffs and stuff like that. I, I, I like I like chord progressions with kind of like simple leads over them or like synths over them that is kind of like layer out. And I, I I like the vocals to be like the main part. If I'm listening to music and I'm listening to the guitar, I'm like this is cool and all. But if I'm listening and, and like I get a hook like a vocal hook stuck in my head, I'm like this is a this is a good song right here. You gotta have both. Yeah. Gotta have both. <laughs> Well, no, because James, James is an awesome vocalist. I mean, because uh, I, I, I saw, I also saw another. Because there's a lot of interviews of James out. That's why I keep referencing him yeah. so much. Is that there's not a lot of Josh Thomas interviews out there. They, yeah. they all want to talk to James, it seems. But no, because he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they were, he was talking about how he kind of really learned to sing, like just kind of being in the studio recording. He said that he could scream, but like singing, he was like, "Yeah, I kind of just did it in the studio." And um, if that's true, I mean, he got a pretty awesome An voice awesome for that. Voice. Uh, yeah, he he in his old band was just a screamer. They had a separate vocalist that was the singer. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then so when we got into the studio, it was kind of like the first time that he had written choruses uh, that are singing and you know, like had tracked singing. So like "Sinking Me" was the first song that we ever tracked. Um, that's the one that has like a super high, like broken, looking for something. Yeah. Like, top of yeah. yeah. I can't um, do it. I couldn't. I can't get that high. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I, I can't do it either. And like when we play it live, I believe we play it a half step or a full step down. And then I have to do half the chorus with him. And wow. I'm like, I'm like vocal frying my highest note just to like <laughs> make it sound like I'm getting there. You know? Paul <laughs> settling the whole thing. Yeah, uh, but, but so uh... he, like we would never record that now because it's impossible to do live. Um, he yeah. just went into the booth and I. I he was. I think he liked Parker Cannon a lot at the time, and liked those like stories so far, kind of like really high it. kind of mm. choruses. And I think he just was like, "I'm just gonna try to do that," and just like was yelling it basically. Uh, and then like as as we've started writing more and more, and as he's been playing more and more, like uh, singing more and more live and stuff, he's getting to understand like what his voice is and like where it fits and what he can do. So are we gonna are we gonna eventually get some thousand below choruses where it's you singing solely, or is it gonna be a lot of just James singing? Um, we just finished tracking a like reimagined acoustic EP. Um, yeah, nice. So it's like it's like four songs off of Gone Under Your Wake, and then one brand yeah. new song called called Let Go of Your Love. Um, but I sing a whole like bridge and then overdubs of the chorus with him on 171 um, and then i sent james a song that i i've never called him james before i sent jimmy a song <laughs> a song that i that i was like writing for myself uh like a couple nights ago and he was like super stoked on it he loved like 
the the melodies that I did and like what the song was and like s- s- wants me to sing more on album three. Yeah. Um, and then JB, our bassist, also is like a good singer. He does not think that he has a good voice, but he he has like very good tonal control and like oh, can nice. stick to notes and stuff. So I think LP three is going to be a lot of jb doing like most of the harmonies on the album because he does most of the harmonies live right now jimmy being like the main vocalist and then i think i'll have like a few parts here and there okay see i knew about the acoustic ep but see you see what i did there adam that's a professional <laughs> uh plug segue there yeah. see what i did there i yeah. set him up thanks, perfectly thanks for, thanks for the plug on that yeah, one there we go see that i set it up perfectly <laughs> and that was because i go. watched the q a which, uh, which, I mean, the Q and A was awesome because I think that that is some content right now that's really good to have, especially with everything going on. Um, yeah. and that's we why we started. Do... Yeah, go ahead. Also, so we wanted to do like a live performance thing, like like an audio tree type thing or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. with, with COVID, we can't all like kind of be together. Especially JB, our, our bassist, uh, is taking care of his grandma. Uh, oh, so yeah. that makes a big yeah, difference. He, he can be doing stuff. Our drummer lives out in Pennsylvania, so I figure like oh, a Q and A is probably really? the best. Uh, yeah, he's out. He's out in Reading, Pennsylvania. Oh, really? I didn't know that. So, are you, so the rest of you guys are all in the San Diego area still, or or California, yeah. or yeah, San Diego for all of us right now. Okay. All right. Wow. So yeah. So speaking of COVID, for I'll ask about how you found this drummer in Pennsylvania, but first, what's it like over there? The COVID in in California. I know that it's. Kind of like the the mayor has everything, or not the mayor, but I know that the, the government over there has everything kind of shut down till next year. And it, like, what's going on over there? Musically, I believe L.A. is the only one to have said it. It might be all okay. of California, but but like, there's no, yeah, no shows in 2020 basically. And I'm not sure, no, no concerts. So they might do like a like a 200 cap maximum type thing they might do some i have no idea as far as i've heard it's going to be nothing in california until 2021 though um but as as far as other regulations it's pretty much wear your mask try not to go out things are getting pretty lenient here i think like beaches and and stuff are about to open up a couple bars have opened up ours just Uh, opened up this week yesterday today today they opened up i think i've seen more like traffic than before covid so i think everyone's just like excited that they can do stuff now so there's way too many people going out so we'll, yeah. we'll see how we'll, we'll see how it goes but yeah no because it's yeah man it's just crazy because i mean especially because i know that you guys are still a, a newer band as well so i mean this is like the you guys are what this you is would prime call touring prime. time. This, yeah, yeah, exactly. This is you know, prime you... touring. Summer tour yeah, we, 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 we just dropped an album. Uh, don't yeah. get to tour off of it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it I is mean... crazy. I, I, I just, I don't know. So in your opinion, what do you think this is going to look like? I mean, like, what do you think that, because there's so many variables here, right? There's, there's obviously capacity. And then when the capacity mm-hmm. comes, ticket prices and insurances and stuff. So like, what do you think? Like, how is this going to, are you going to see a lot of bands doing like like tours in the regions that they're from to make it easier expense wise on traveling? Or I like what do you think is going to happen? I, I honestly have absolutely no idea what is going to happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of uh, waiting for someone to tell me what's going to happen. Uh, I, I mm. if if you asked me this question like three weeks ago, I think I would have a different answer because then I would be like, oh, shows are going to be like a quarter the capacity probably, and you have to wear masks and stuff. Yeah. But seeing how like lenient and open things like have gotten in the past three weeks, um, twenty twenty one, we might just fucking have regular shows again. Uh, yeah, man, because I because <laughs> I, I mean, I, I you think of like you know, so 
like the the post hardcore metalcore, you know the the basically the music that gets people moving around a mm. little bit. It's yeah. going to be kind of tough. But the one thing that I think could be kind of interesting though is that if you guys are you know you're doing this acoustic stuff, maybe you could do some acoustic shows. Or you know once things start to yeah. open up because because it, it's music it, where it, people aren't going to be bouncing into each other the whole time. So that's yeah. that. I don't know if that's something that you guys have Could thought that. about. But yeah. that, that's it's interesting. I mean, I mean, a, any touring opportunity we could <laughs> get at this point, you know, I would I would yeah. love to do even if it's fifty people a night. I mean, playing acoustic songs with three other bands, you know, that'd be that'd be yeah. sick. Just just going out and playing music would be would be cool. Yeah. Well, what I'm looking forward to is us selling out shows with a capacity of twenty people sold out. Yeah. We're sold out. <laughs> Twenty tickets sold. We, we, we've been talking about that. We need to do our first headliner like right after COVID like opens up, so that yeah, those caps are small. We we sell out every day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. can't say that you didn't, right? Yeah, selling out shows uh, with twenty people. But so speaking of <laughs> speaking of, because um, you guys obviously, like we said, you guys are a fairly newer band, but you guys yeah. have gotten a lot of traction i mean you know do you guys know how many spotify monthly listeners you have right now uh i believe we have two hundred and twelve thousand monthly listeners exactly yes yeah, this guy okay. pays attention i like <laughs> you that. gotta there pay you go. attention to your well, band some, man if you don't know your stats like, some people are like hey man you know i'm just here for the music so i was just you know i i, I didn't know so well, what i mean we... I'm, I'm here for the music but i'm also here no, to pay I... some bills dude oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly no for sure but uh so what would you say in the band's trajectory where you really notice like all right we're starting to because you know two hundred and twelve thousand monthly listeners is nothing yeah. to scoff at i mean that's yeah it's a pretty good number I, I i still think we're a pretty small band like i don't i we've gotten some cool tours we have a lot of really cool fans and stuff but yeah. i don't think that we're like like i'm not making a living off of this whatsoever i think Right. I've never I've never came home from tour with more money than I left with. <laughs> right, right. And no. I, you know, can, can we talk about that a little bit? Because I think I think a lot of people uh, I think a lot of people look at bands. I mean, even if, if your side, I mean, two hundred thousand, you know, monthly listeners is nothing to to you know snuff your nose at. And I I think people don't realize that you know you got to do more than just listen to the music. You know what I mean? And and that people, yeah. you know musicians. It takes hours and days. I mean, there's a lot of time that goes into a four-minute song, you know. Yeah. And um, I just don't think people realize, you know, the amount of um, you know work it takes, and then the payoff is work and money. Yeah, you know, is very well, small. Like to, to to write one single, get it uh, recorded, mixed, mastered, do a music video for it, and get it out takes months. Yeah. Right. And so much money if, if if you're trying to do quality stuff if you're if you're getting like a really good mix and master person if you're getting like a really good videographer um, right. and trying to put it out correctly it takes so long and it takes so much money to do it that I mean I, I'm I'm grateful for everyone that streams any of our if even if you go on there once a month keep keep that monthly listener uh, and yeah. just listen to us once I'm I'm grateful for that I'm stoked for it uh, but yeah no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not I'm not making a bunch of money off it i i love the people that go to shows going to shows is like the biggest way that bands oh, are making yeah. money right now yeah 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 because i mean well because what i was going to ask was when did you really start to notice like oh man like we're because I, I know that spotify is kind of that's kind of where people go to to like i mean that's that's the music yeah. hubs you know what i mean so yeah. like when did you really start to notice like oh man like we're really starting to pick up some steam here you know going from like 
you know, not that many monthly listeners to now 212,000. I mean, you got four and a half million streams on tradition, you know, stuff like that. When did you really start to notice, like, all right, we're starting to really catch on a little bit here? Um, that's tough because I feel like if when we first started the band, someone was like, yeah, like in by 2020, you're going to have 200 and I think our max was like 235,000 monthly listeners that like at one point you'll hit that. I'd be like, there's no way I'd be so stoked on that. Because <laughs> right. um, I remember hitting like 20,000. I was like, what the hell? Um, so I, I think I've been stoked on like every number that we fit. Because we luckily haven't like had the moment where like it crashes down. Yeah, right. We, we right. went from like 230 to 204 and I was like, we're going to go under 200. This is the end of the band. People don't <laughs> like us anymore. Uh, <laughs> Man, people must hate us then, Adam. I know. <laughs> Well, you know, it's <laughs> so it's a context. I don't, mean, I don't mean it like that. I just, I just, mean, I just mean the downward trend. I don't like seeing downward trends. You know. No, I've only, I've only busted. So, your but job. it's a it's a content thing, right? I mean, I'm I'm looking at your Spotify, you know, thing, your Spotify profile right now, and I mean, you have one, two, three, four, five. Your your top five songs, popular songs, are all over a million streams. Mm-hmm. I mean, even some of you know bigger bands right don't even have that you know what i mean they're in the you know five hundred thousand or whatever for a couple maybe they have one big one um you know to me that says consistency in in songwriting and delivering a product you know it's not the one hit wonder or the one album or you know because it's a mix of both albums too so um yeah i I think we do kind of have that fan base that is like the very loyal fan base and like likes us specifically for like what we are and who we are and i think james um you you got me calling him james i've never done this before uh <laughs> that's a paradigm shift and, i'm gonna I, cut i'm gonna I, cut this out and dm him with the <laughs> i think he is, is such a good lyricist and is so vulnerable with himself in his words and like what our songs are and i think uh, granted i'm not a lyricist for the band but like musically i try to do the same thing and yeah. just kind of cr- create things that like mean a lot to me sound wise and that i think it's it's something real that people that like us um are going to keep streaming the songs because they could listen to it and kind of empathize with them and 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 have like a true emotional connection with them you know what i mean yeah so so i think that's that's where we're getting a bunch of songs that are hitting over those marks and stuff and and keeping our monthly listeners is is just the the connections that we're having with a lot of people which is, is amazing do you write songs, you know, with a specific purpose? Like this, you know, do you, do you get a, a, you know, a sheet of lyrics and it's kind of, you know, has a theme and you kind of go with that? Or do you just, you know, hey, this is how I feel today. I'm going to write this. Um, because you do have a certain consistency through your music. It doesn't all sound the same. That's not what I'm saying. I, you know, you yeah. definitely have a sound. So yeah. I guess what I'm asking is do you do that specifically or do is it just kind of happen? I think it just kind of happens. I think Jimmy is the main part of that because anything we write, his voice is going to be on it. So people are going to hear it as Thousand Below because it's his voice, it's his right. lyrics and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm definitely... We have never heard um, like vocals over an entire song until we've been in the studio before. So it's we, we don't like get the lyrics oh, wow. or like a, a vibe like that. We, oh. We've tracked all the instrumentals written it and then waited until Jimmy trapped the vocals in the studio to hear what the vocals are going to be. So it's, it's definitely it's definitely like a what mood am I in and like what kind of song do I want to write right now? So like sometimes at 3 a.m. I'm just depressed and sad and just want to write some sad music. 
that's how songs like like No Place Like You came out to be and stuff like that. And sometimes uh, it's 10 p.m. and I'm energetic and stoked and and writing like an upbeat fast song, you know. And then yeah. it's whatever Jim does over that. Yeah, because what I I usually like to listen to music in the car, right? So that's where I usually like to go. That's because music sounds really I, I, the, the car test is what I like to call it. So <laughs> yeah. when 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 I when I so I couldn't I couldn't listen to you guys in the car though because I usually put the windows down and some of the music mm-hmm. is so sad that I don't want to depress everybody on the beachfront. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you know I don't I don't want to bum everybody out. But I did play. I did play Vane though. I cranked that up. That's probably my favorite mm-hmm. song by you guys. I love. I love the song Vane. But um, I was gonna say though. I know we were talking about Spotify before. But the real question though is, do you have as many monthly listeners as Trapped on Pandora? <laughs> I don't. I think according to <laughs> Trapped, uh, no, no one. No one has as many monthly <laughs> listeners as them on Pandora. I don't think anyone but Trapped knows how many monthly listeners they have on Pandora. Honestly, oh man! I, I at first, <laughs> at first, I was like, this guy is either the biggest moron or a, a marketing genius with all this like crazy nonsense he's been saying. Yeah, but then it got then it got then it got sad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But at first, I was like, man, this guy is either just a b- buffoon or he's just like, man, like we got to really pump up this new album. And then it kind of went off into a whole other stratosphere of i don't know they've released music since headstrong so apparently they have i mean i could be wrong but i do hey man i'm one of those kids in i don't know when did when did headstrong come out was that 99 or like 2000 i think it it was early 2000s probably because i remember playing like mx versus atv unleashed oh yeah i love that game and then hearing it on there like the year it came out so it had to been like 2003 or something like that i'll admit i that song i do like I don't know anything it's else. A, it's a good song. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not writing the song. It's a good song. 2002. 2002. Okay. So I was, I was nine years year old. Off. I was nine years You're old. Nine, dude. I graduated how, how high school. I'm 27. Yeah. Okay. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man. So speaking of people, so this is kind of going off. I, I didn't say I, you know, because I tried to tell you a little bit about what we're going to talk about, but I, this a lot of this stuff has developed since then. All the mm. stuff, you know, like we got like the ghost inside now and like the removing their bass player and stuff like that. I mean, man, it's just, I mean, and, and rightfully so, I think. I mean, when you, I mean, it's the thing with that situation, though, is that the, this is a band that like got back from such a, a horrific accident and then mm-hmm. this stuff came out. So, I mean, what do you think of, uh, kind of like where we are in the world right now i mean what what, what is your kind of thoughts in terms of all that um i, I mean i'm definitely team black lives matter i'm definitely yeah. pro protests i'm, I'm very Absolutely. happy and excited with what this generation is doing yeah. and how people are going about it um i think certain situations are a little iffy i think there's a difference between people being young and immature and just stupid kid, like right. not even kids. Sometimes people are just dumb and just yeah. like, don't understand what's, what's wrong, which sucks. But there's sometimes 25 year olds, 30 year olds. that just like never really comprehended yeah. why things are wrong. Um, so I'm, I'm pro anyone trying to learn, dude. If, yeah. if I don't, I don't care what your, your views used to be. If you're trying to make up for them and you're, and you're trying to actively do good and change and inform yourself, mm-hmm. you know, that that's, I'm, I'm very pro that. I agree. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I just, man, it's just been, it's just been like a 
2020, man, has just been a storm of just insanity for both. Obviously, the protesting, I totally agree with, man. Like, I think it's awesome. I think it's great. But it's just like you couple that with everything going on with COVID. And then it's like, yeah, it's I like, think it's oh, just a, the, I think COVID is part of like the perfect storm for the protesting. You get, yeah, you get all these people um, stuck in their houses, not being able to yeah. do stuff, not being able to work. Unemployment's going up. People are getting angry at stuff. Then you have the mm-hmm. George, George Floyd situation happen, which is nothing new. It's 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 another one in a, in a long line of of unjust. Yeah. Um, so I think it was the perfect storm. People are angry, and and this is like the final straw. And and they're using their emotions. And uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Going for it. I, 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 my conspiracy is that this is all simulation set up by the aliens, right? And the, eventually they're going to come in and be like, all right, reset, back to the Stone Age, take 37. What, what do you think? Do you think that's a possibility? Are, are you that, Tom that, DeLong? Because uh, that's like a Tom DeLong statement right there. I mean, yeah, he was right about the UFOs. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm well, starting yeah, to I mean, think. There, there, there has to be aliens given how vast the universe is. Oh, yeah. Like, if, if you really take into consideration how big Earth is and how life has happened here, there has to be aliens. Maybe, maybe they're not three-dimensional people. Maybe they're not carbon-based. Um, but there has to be aliens and stuff like that. And and I think there it's a possibility that we could be a simulation. There's There's infinite realities as far as science will tell you and granted some infinities are bigger than other infinities it's still infinity you know what i mean yeah there's Bro, there's still so many countless right things man i i can't say this too like, loud i think i think i think my girlfriend might be an alien just don't just don't tell her i said that. she's in the other room right now but my toddler might be it's pretty crazy yeah, yeah. well no nah, man I, I don't know man i just it's pretty, pretty open-minded of you to, to date an alien if you really yeah, man, that, yeah. you know yeah, i'm all i'm all inclusive you know i mean hey <laughs> you know what i'm saying but uh no nah, man no nah, i just i just wanted to just give you an opportunity to, to kind of speak on that because like it, it, it to me it's like it's like a it's it's almost like a man like you know, because obviously everybody was excited about the ghost inside coming back, and then it's like, oh, yeah. man, you know, like it's just a bummer. But anyway, uh, we'll get yeah. off that. We'll go back to some more, some more uh, fun topics. All I, right, I get, wanted, let, I, let me change it here. Let me change yeah, it here. Right, right, hey, I, I, I got to ask gear. So I'm a gearhead, right? Uh, uh, I say uh, gearhead, okay. but I like back gear. back in 25 minutes. So <laughs> I, uh, you know, I know you, you, uh, you're endorsed by Schechter. Right, so um, you you play a Spitfire. I saw some pictures. Of you. Is that what you play all the time, or is that something? Um, so that was what basically what I mained. I had that, and I had a PT Apocalypse. Okay, um, that I was kind of going back and forth on. But for what we're doing live, I feel like the Apocalypse. I, I would use it some songs like uh, Vain, Love You Too Close, when I want like that hot gaininess. Yep, um, but it was just a little too hot for songs kind of like No Place Like You and things like that. Um, so I used the Spitfire because it has the mini humbuckers instead of the full size humbuckers. So you yep. get like a really nice like mid gain on that. And then recently I actually switched to uh, I think it's right here, yeah, to the Nick Johnston HSS. Oh, nice. so it's like a strat body, twenty five and a half inch scale length, I believe, but with the humbucker and the two singles. Yeah, and like the humbucker is like just hot enough for what I want us to do and like for what I want our sound to be, but it still has like that really clean kind of stratty gla- like glassiness to it yeah 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 so that that's been like my workhorse guitar lately so do you do you tend to use your your single coils when you're doing those uh clean airy kind of you know full of you know reverb and, yeah. and delay so um there's one part in tradition that's clean where i stick on to the bridge pickup 
Um, but literally every other time that I am on a lead, distorted or clean, or I am doing clean chords, I am on that single claw neck pickup. Yeah, and you know that's it's, it's just it's the... just so round and like bassy but tamed in the bass, so it's just a very full sound. I, I, I love it. Clarity's good. Nice. Mm-hmm. So why Schechter? Um, I, I've owned a couple. I, was, I had a C1 Hellraiser. I had, you know, they're, they're good guitars. So I'm just curious as to why. Yeah. So, well, Schecter was my second guitar that I ever bought. Was a C1 Plus back when I was. In, it was like the first guitar that I paid for myself nice. uh, back in like freshman year of high school or something like that. So I was always a big Schecter. That guitar sounded great. I used it for years. Um, but our bassist is also endorsed by Schecter. Gotcha. Um, so one day I went, he went to go pick up uh, a new bass, I believe. We're, we went to pick up the guitars to track LP2 with. That's what it was. We were 20 minutes from the factory. So we're like, hey, can we get like two loner guitars um, to track this album with? Because JB is endorsed by them. So I went to go pick those up. And then I met uh, his rep, Adam, uh, which amazing dude. Would He was super nice to, to JB was super nice to me i'm not even on or i wasn't even on Schechter at that point and he was like hey do you want like a whole tour of the factory and he like brought us through he brought us through everything showed me like where they make the pickups where the custom shop stuff stuff is showed me like prince guitars that they had made that he'd played on stage zach wild stuff custom stuff that they had done and it was just like a super amazing dude um and then we used the guitars to track the album and they felt great uh so I was like, "Hey, can I just play Schecter?" And he he was very open. He was like, "Yeah, like we would we would love that. Just let me know like what you want, and and we'll get it set up for you." And they're also so open with me. Like on the Spitfire, I was like, "Hey, can I get this guitar? But can I change the Bigsby to a hardtail?" I was gonna ask um, you about that. <laughs> can I change the Bigsby to a hardtail? Because I don't think it's gonna handle like the the strings and the tuning that we use, and I think it would just kind of get in the way a lot. Can I change like the pick guard from these ones to like a custom black one? And then, like, I, I'm getting a new guitar coming up that's going to be a, a PT, but I'm having them reroute the pickups to put some Fishmans in it for me. So I'm getting oh. the fish. I'm going to get the Fishmans sent there. They're going to reroute the guitar, put that in for me, and then repaint it to, like, a matte pink. And, like, everything I've asked, there, it's never been like a, oh, I don't know about that. It's just like a, yeah, no problem. It might take us this long. Just heads up. Yeah. So they, so, they they take amazing care of us. They're just super great people. Adams, I love Adam. Nice. Uh, so, just a great company. They they yeah they make some great guitars. I mean I've I've had a few of them. Our bassist plays uh, a Schecter bass. Um, so uh, they definitely which, make which, which. That's a good which question. Which bass do you know? Uh, man, I'm not gonna know off the top of my head because I'm on the spot. Okay. Crap. <laughs> the white the white it's, one. It's a white one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure it sounds great. Yeah, it does actually. Yeah. It does. We were using like this old shitty Jay Terser to to record our first EP because that's all I had, and uh, you know he hadn't played bass for ten years or whatever, and he ended up picking this thing mm-hmm. up. But we had to retracking them all with the Schecter because it was sounded so freaking good. <laughs> so, so you said you're getting Fishmans. You getting the the Fluence the, or the Moderns? Um. I think I was gonna go with the moderns. Um, I'm since COVID, we're kind of waiting to yep. see when I when I can get all these things. But I, I was thinking the moderns, um, or possibly I forget the name of the other one. I think it was. I'm gonna look it up real quick. They have a classic. Name? I, th- yeah, I, th- I think yeah. I, I was I was in a, I was in a th- I, I think it's the classics. Gotcha. I was thinking possibly one modern, one classic. Um, 
but yeah, I was going for the Fishmans for sure. Nice. Uh, our friends in Afterlife play Fishmen, and they're phenomenal sounding. So yeah, that's what I used. I used as well. What the heck is going on here? Oh, he lost us. It's it's like, well, you're you're there, but you're just super super small on like the top right of my screen. <laughs> and then so, like I went back, uh, and it's like, oh, do you want to share your screen? And I do not want to share my uh, screen. <laughs> So okay, there I'll, we go. There we go. I'll, I'll make sure. I'll make sure uh, in the editing of this video that I uh, blur out the 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 two the, the other guitar brand in the background. There, I, I don't want. I don't want to impact your potential sponsorship. No, it, on Adam. Oh, Adam's on mine. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah don't, don't don't say the word, Adam. Don't don't I'm say not, the brand. Nope, I'm don't say Schecter, man. I said Schecter. Do I yeah, have any Schecters on with me? There you go. Very very. I don't. Uh, you knew yeah. he played Schecter, and you couldn't put Schecter stuff. I out. don't have any, man. I sold all my stuff once I started Dude. buying the other ones. Can you believe that? Anyway, believe but that, I uh... still have. I still have my Tom DeLonge. That was the first guitar I ever bought myself. Five hundred fifty bucks. I, I wish I still had the guitar that I bought myself. I was a idiot. It was like, oh, I'm gonna change the pots and the pickups and do all these things and just like ruined it because I didn't know what I was doing. And... Yeah, luckily my dad played guitar, so he helped me do all that stuff. But he he, I think he chipped in fifty bucks, so I like I can't ever sell it now. Yeah. So yeah. But they're worth I'm, like fourteen hundred bucks now. Just keep it longer. Yeah, I'm not getting rid of it anyway. So, <laughs> so are you are, have you gone digital yet for your for your amps and your your live rig yet or are you still using yeah. live gear so we're, we're digital i think you would love our our live setup so basically um our drummer sets up as a drums on stage and we just have one rack um that's three and a half feet tall that we just roll up there pop it open um we have two kempers one for me one for our bassist nice uh and then we go into an X32 with a split. So we have like the Kempers go front of house direct out. And then we, ha we have the split go into our X32 for our in-ears. Um, but we have everything midi laned for the Kemper. So I don't have to touch a pedal or do anything. We do the same so, thing. It, yeah, if we're going to a clean part, it automatically just triggers whatever clean tone I want for that specific part of that song. Isn't it beautiful? And I, I, don't, I don't, yeah, I don't have to worry about touching anything or doing anything no tap the Kemper's dancing. like eight and a half pounds uh yep. yeah just one little rack that has everything we don't use cabs so we just go di uh to front of house yep um, yeah we save space very there. similar thing i know i know adam's i know it's killing him adam if you want to take your webcam off and show him the rig go ahead <laughs> i, I, know, I, know, I actually I know got it on i know it's so killing this is, I know we, it's we killing do the him. same thing so that's all we roll okay, yeah, up with we, 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 we have like the same size same yep. size rack there. Like a sixteen U, so I got the helix. Our basis has a helix on the floor, and we just route it all in to, mm -hmm. um, you know, to I'm just use a PreSonus uh, sixteen channel digital mixer. Yeah, That's we're, it. We're we're using the X32 as our interface right now, um, which oh, nice. we're looking we're we're looking to change and use an actual interface uh, with the redundant like backup of our tracks. So in case anything happens, we have the redundancy, so the tracks keep going instead of everything going out. Uh, so that's the, that's that's the next yep. thing that we're looking at doing. But yeah, we do that right now. So so since it's kind of similar, I, I, and I don't understand a freaking word you guys. Are I feel like the <laughs> biggest moron ever. But do you do the same thing that Adam does? So I'm, I'm gonna for, so for the people not watching on video. This is what Adam does every time we do a live show. He has his pick in his mouth. He's on the laptop trying to set it all up. And then he goes like this: "What the hell's going on? 
What's going on? Do you do that to Josh? Like, Why the, what the okay. fuck? Why isn't it working? It was working before okay, we left. So, <laughs> does that happen to you too, Josh? So I, I could like I understand how the things work and like what's what and like how we have everything routed. So I am understand. not our I am not our gear guy. Our JB, our bassist, is oh, like okay. is like our he set everything okay. up. He he figured out like what to do to make everything work like as efficiently as possible. But yeah, we've never really had we we played one show. One show where JB was in Hawaii and we had a fill-in basis, so I was in charge. Oh, and for some reason, that show, uh, the MIDI laning decided to just not work. So oh, I, I was like on FaceTime with him trying to figure it out forever. The apparently somehow the MIDI got disabled in the interface. Uh, mm-hmm. So like it wasn't. Yeah, I was like, why did dude, this? This is the first time it's ever happened. But yeah, other than that, it's usually we go up there. Turn everything on uh, in the make sure everything's plugged in. We just make sure the media line's working. It most usually is, uh, and that that's about it. Yeah, so yeah, we, we, we don't have setup. that. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, lucky, lucky. Yeah, <laughs> every every show, man. And I feel well, and I'm also totally also we, we we have more like t- we had more time to kind of like we do it every day. So like we kind of get into the group of knowing exactly what's where. It all stays in the rack all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. We so get it, there, they're we, like, we, we, oh, we, you got five minutes to set up. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we have time to set up like beforehand before the show. We we get there, we we we, we do we line all our all our cables and get it set up. So when it's our turn like for changeover, um we have our snake coming out of our uh X thirty two or out of the split and and just have it go directly into we actually have a front of house, so like it's not like they don't know what our system is. They right. know exactly what's going on. Yeah. So yeah, we we, we kind of have an advantage there, but right. So what you, I was you gonna, guys are Russian, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, so speaking of doing it every day, I kind of wanted to go into uh tour into your touring because um you guys are kind of an interesting band in terms of who you guys have played with because going from your first LP to your second LP, there was obviously a little bit of a sound change. I mean, you have mm-hmm. a lot of screaming. I mean, even just vocally you have a lot of screaming on lp1 and not so much on lp2 so mm-hmm. with that uh you know because i know that you guys just put out the record back in october of 2019 so you guys have toured with bands like and i know that bad omens isn't exactly like super super heavy but like you know mm-hmm. they're on that they're on that heavier aspect and then you have bloodline who's you know bloodline so like yeah. what's that what's that like being the band that is I don't want to say the fish out of water. I'm not saying that, but it, it's yeah. sonically different from other bands. Yeah, we, I mean, we've definitely felt kind of like we're that out of pocket band on on certain lineups and stuff. Yeah. I think honest, the Bad Omens tour was one of the best. We felt very like at home in that lineup because yeah, it, it went like and, yeah. It, yeah, it went like Bloodline, which they have cool choruses, the very singy choruses. Yeah. They're obviously the, like the heavy band, right? And then you have you have us, and then O Sleeper kind of fits more with like that Bloodline of heaviness. And yeah, everything, well, and then you have Bad Omens, who I, I think we sonically kind of have a similar fan base. Um, okay, so I yeah. think that, yeah, I think that's the most at home we felt like on a package completely. Like everything just felt like the pa- the package flowed correctly. Because we gotcha. we definitely have had shows where like it, you could tell it's a heavy crowd. They want heavy music breakdowns mm, and right. like right. We're like, yeah, sorry, we can't deliver that to you guys. My <laughs> best. <laughs> Yeah, you know, because that's it's funny because I mean, uh, yeah, because we actually played with O Sleeper and like that was like one of the shows that we played where we really felt like like man we're like on a good like show here yeah, because we good, played we played lineup. we opened once for Rings of Saturn and I'm like ah 
like we're the we're the fish out of water. We're like the pop band here, you know. And the band but, that played for, before us was like the local Lorna Shore. Yeah. So they were like just, just like super deathcore, like sludgy, yeah. like perfect for the show. And then here we come, like do 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 do. Get yeah. ready for some singing, guys. <laughs> the only band that sang on the whole show. Yeah. But uh, no, I was just gonna ask you like what that was like because I mean I. I, because I, I know what it's like to be the band, you know, obviously on a much smaller level, but like to be the band that it doesn't quite fit in sonically for what people are looking for. So I was just curious how you guys handled that. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think good music's good music. People are right. there to have a good time. I don't think we put on like a bad show. We're not that yeah. band that you're going to like have never heard of us and just like go mosh because we don't have a bunch of like mosh parts and stuff. But I think that like people generally have a good time when they listen to us we just don't have that oh, yeah. like immediate crowd interaction we don't have that immediate like because for us the like the really cool shows that for me personally at least that my favorite shows are the ones where like the crowd knows like the songs that are playing they're singing along yeah. with it. you can see everyone like singing and getting stoked on that because we're never going to have those big breakdown things but like, I, I get really excited when people are just singing yeah, because well, you guys have some 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 mosh parts, but they kind of sneak up on you. They kind of come yeah, out of yeah. nowhere a little bit. Yeah. Like it's you got like a softer kind of tone and sound, and then all of a sudden it's just like blah, and it's just like what the hell did that come from? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, because uh, what you guys need to do, you said you guys are kind of sonically kind of like Bad Omens. You just need a, a dethroned song to be throw into the discography. That's just kind of like that heavy heavy song. We have we have Vane. Yeah, no, I I love Vane, <laughs> dude. I love that song because I mean, I because I, I gotta ask you a tip too because I have a very hard time kind of getting out of the metal like mm-hmm. genre. I just love this music, man. Like I, I know that there's a lot of musicians in this scene that you know not. I mean, they obviously listen to this stuff, but you know they yeah. listen like you. You know, like you listen to a lot of other kind of music and stuff like that. And I try, man. I, I just I haven't. What's the what's how, how do you get out of this uh this this echo chamber of metalcore? How do I mean, you do you, it? You don't if you if you like it and you and you enjoy listening to it all the time, then keep doing it. You, you don't you don't need to listen to other I, stuff. If, if that's I what feel, makes you happy, just keep no, listening I, to metalcore. I feel like that. I'm like man, like what's wrong with me? Everybody else like likes other stuff, but I just I just can't I can't get out like, of my own way. You're your own person. You're allowed to to like what you like, dude. Don't 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 feel bad because you don't like Justin Bieber or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. Because I mean, even so, Adam he 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 uh, likes some stuff kind of outside of it, and I'm just like, man, like I just try, but I don't know. I've just never, I've never been able to gravitate towards it. So I com- I commend you for having all the different uh, influences. Yeah, I, I've always kind of liked, like when I was in middle school, um, my best friend Stephen Muad and I like learned guitar together, kind of, and like got better at guitar together. Um, but he was super into like Children of Bodom and like Cryptopsy. Nice. And like super heavy music like that. So I was like, I also like all these bands and like learned how to play guitar <laughs> like that and like learned how to like shred and like do yeah. like pretty technical stuff. But like at the same time, I was listening to like My Chemical Romance yeah. and, and Taking Back Sunday and like a, yes. just a bunch of like emo bands. I listened to a bunch of Finch and From Honor to Ashes and stuff gotcha. like that. And I was like, yeah. I don't want to tell, I was like, I don't want to tell my friends that I, that I like all this scene music. <laughs> so like, I, I I've always liked kind of like that more like singing catchy stuff and just kind of yeah. 
delved into the pop realm from there slowly as I got older. But uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't always just like, yes, I love heavy music and that's it. I was like secretly like, I like this light music and I don't want to tell my friends that. So I, I think it's interesting <laughs> for, for people, you know, for, for guys our age, especially because when we grew up, it was kind of like this weird, like not weird, but like you had new metal and then it kind of yeah. broke off until like the metal core was emerging and then the scene stuff. So it almost seemed like there was like these two paths to go down in a, in a sense. Cause like you either like, cause I know for me, Obviously, like I, I first heard Slipknot, you know, their first album from '99, and I really liked that when I was really mm-hmm. little. And then I kind of got into like the um, the Three Days Grace, the Avenged Sevenfold, and then from there, kind of went towards a Treyu, and I kind of went down that lane. Versus, I mean, I liked some of my chem and whatnot, but I yeah. didn't really, I well, didn't really go I, down. I, I was also a huge Avenged Sevenfold or Treyu guy. Suicide Notes and Butterfly Kisses was like on oh, the yeah. for me back in the day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> learning Avenged Sevenfold songs is like what made me a good guitarist is like just like looking at the tabs and then yeah. figuring out what's wrong with the tabs because they're not right all the time yeah. and just like lear- yeah. learning how to play like what he's doing made me like a yeah. really good guitarist uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah Coheed and Cambria did that one for me I learned their first four songs leads rhythms everything every note you know so yeah that, that's definitely how I got good at guitars just learning Avenged Sevenfold stuff and Atreyu stuff and nice. Children of Odom stuff and, and shit like that but yeah no that's awesome yeah because I, I, there's a lot of that influence in like a lot of the music because a lot of the kids are older now and they're in bands and they kind of have a lot of like that new metal-y kind of uh, influence mm. and whatnot but yeah. uh, so I actually wanted to ask you so we kind of touched on a little bit going from LP1 to LP2 um, mm. I mean because obviously you guys had like the like the post hardcore feel on on the first record it reminded me in a lot of ways of like some bless the fall in some ways mm-hmm. like it kind of reminded me of I, that i could see it yeah so a little you know what i mean because I, I think you guys toured with them too didn't you yeah yeah we, we yeah. did the hard feelings tour with them yeah i was supposed to that was what the show i was supposed to go uh meet you at and then i got super sick and then i couldn't go but anyway i don't i don't want to go off yeah. on, but just making excuses because you don't yeah. want to hang out but you know uh, whatever yeah, I got scared. You know, I'm like, oh, this this band guy. I'm so nervous. <laughs> he's so handsome. I'm so scared. But uh, no, I was really afraid of James. He's a very handsome man. But uh, he's a good he's a good looking dude. He's a good looking guy. I mean, the whole the whole thousand below crew is a as a handsome group of gentlemen. But uh, but but so and then you go from LP one to LP two, and I, I don't mean this like I'm not saying you copied them. Don't, don't I'm not saying that. But you listen to Chemical, and that's like Bring Me the Horizon. Off, like I mean, that's I hear that. And I'm like. This sounds like a Bring Me the Horizon kind of song. Come up, like even like the guitar, like it, just, it reminds yeah. me of some like ammo stuff or whatever. But um, so I kind of like I, was that like a conscious decision to kind of go down like that kind of sonic route or so the the big decision that we made going into like the whole writing process for LP two was that we didn't want to do like two leads over every guitar part again because uh, that we wanted it was, it was like a lot of like you had like your 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 chords that you did and then you'd have an octave part and then you'd have a lead over it and then you'd have like a tremolo that was in the background of that so it was just like stacked guitars yeah um yeah. which would get kind of in the way of the vocals sometimes or right. make it hard to write vocals over parts so what we wanted to do was just write like the bare the progressions and, and get, like the the feel of what we want and then let the vocals really shine and like take like the front stage of it. So so our whole th- process was don't overdo it uh, instrumentally. 
leave leave it leave it very open and the song might sound very empty to you when you're writing it and stuff but like we just have to have to think there's going to be vocals over this there's going to be vocals over this part the vocals could change over this part uh to make it feel like it's a different part even though we're doing the same thing and then after the vocals are there we could add production and like kind of fill in what's missing Mm -hmm. i I feel like yeah i feel like it's easier to go back after the vocals are done and fill in the part with like, oh, I, we could use a lead here or we could kind of use like a, a kind of synth melody here once it's already in place and we're just kind of filling in the gaps rather than making it super busy and the vocalist is like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, no, because so is that kind of a sound that people could expect from the band? Kind of like, obviously, I'm not saying like you guys are like, we're in this box, you know, we're going to stay yeah. in this lane. I mean, are we going to expect like a you know, kind of a mixture, kind of going down the same trajectory. You're just going to come out with a deathcore album next. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we definitely don't want to do the same thing that we did on LP2 for LP3. We want to kind of explore musically, like, what whatever we're doing mm-hmm. um, or whatever we're feeling at the time. So, like, we have a few songs written, like, nothing set in stone for, like, what yeah. is going to be on the album. We have a few songs written that we like. Um, I have a song that's very Paris-sounding. I have a song that's okay. kind of, like, in, like, that Boston Manor realm. We have, I gotcha. We have songs that are like LP1 where we have um, octaves over chords with like a lead over top of that and then like a synth tremolo behind that. So we're just kind of exploring just what sounds cool to us at the moment that we write it, basically. Just, um, just, don't, just don't use that dreaded word of you're maturing. Because every time we hear that, you know what that means. It means it's getting softer. <laughs> Never hear um, maturing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how soft we're gonna get. It depends. <laughs> no, man. No, soft's well, not bad. No, no. I, I'm just. I'm just. I'm just giving him a hard time. But I was gonna say, I know we're definitely gonna have another bleh on the album. Yeah, I, th- I think we're nice. just gonna like keep tradition of just one Obligato- bleh. Obligatory one per. Yeah. yeah exactly. So there'll there'll be at least be one song heavy enough for a bleh. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> nice. Something to look forward to. Yeah. But uh. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I, I I definitely don't mind the softer stuff, but like I said, man, some of that some of that stuff is just so freaking gut wrenching. Like the song, uh, uh, I think it's uh, let me see. yeah, the love you let too close. No, no, no place uh, like you, no place like you. Th- th- those are both very sad songs. Yeah, man. when I when I hear no place like you, I'm like, man, I gotta go like visit somebody's gravesite or something, man. Like I, I don't know what to do. Right. <laughs> question i've been i've been asking you know a lot of our guests is you know from a success standpoint you know from as a musician how do you what makes you feel good at the end of the day is it uh you know the number of streams is it the you know the the reaction from you know the internet is it you know just kind of self-motivation what what kind of makes you get up in the morning and want to be a musician um I like writing music. I like like when I'm proud enough of something that like I'll just listen to it um, on my own. But I, I think what makes me the happiest, as far as this whole thing is, is when we play a show and there's just people excited to be there to see us and singing the words to our songs. Because um, I, I remember going to shows all the time and being like super stoked to go see a band and like know every word to it. So yeah. being kind of like on the other end of it sometimes is where you see people that are just super excited to to hear the music and see like a live show. Uh, that That's probably what makes me most stoked. Or like just interactions on Twitter. I love talking to people on, on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. There's this girl who did a... 
an acoustic cover of every single song on Gone Your Wake in a Twitter thread. Oh, wow. It's on YouTube as well. But it, it was it's just that makes me happy that someone cares enough about the songs and the band that she would go out of her way to to write eleven different acoustic covers of songs that we have done. That's yeah, crazy. yeah, that's dedicated. And like some right some there. of them like better than we've her her chemical cover. The first time we listened to it, I remember it was in the van in Florida. Right after a show, we listened to it all together. And we were like, this is stupid. This is like way better than what we would have done for like a chemical acoustic cover. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Because like the other thing that I like to ask, you know, some of the people that we've had on here, uh, the other three, because you're the fourth. So I I, I say that like I've talked to 150 people before you. (laughs) But uh, no, so the other thing I like to ask is just some pretty some general advice, because I think that Adam and I, you know, because I'm always trying to learn more stuff as I go Mm -hmm. through this this band thing and whatnot. So like what would be some some advice you give for bands in terms of, I guess uh, we'll run the gamut here, you know, like I guess I guess, you know, the whole getting signed thing or, Mm -hmm. you know, just just some general advice for being in a band that is successful to the point where it, it, it you kind of get out of the basement and you're kind of a little bit more out there than that um i mean i'm still learning as, as we're going and stuff so i don't know if i have like the best ad- advice we're not like a huge fan or anything yet um for me the things that i so kind of try to care about <laughs> i try to care about is, is one caring about the product and yeah. not just putting stuff out to put stuff out putting stuff out that you think is is good and really caring about like what image you're trying to to put out there, what aesthetic, what type of vibe and like emotion you're trying to portray and things. Just, and I feel like that's just universal for any business because at, at the end of the day, a band is in a sense a business. You're trying to promote something. You're trying right. to not sell yourself, but like what you're, you have a product. The music is the product. You are the product. Right. Um, so just giving a fuck, dude. Care. Um, try try hard be a good person because that, that's how we've got a lot of touring opportunities is is knowing people and like being like other people hearing good things about us from other people or like we've made friends with certain band people and like they're like yeah like we would love to have you back on tour so just being oh, a good wow. person be, being sociable uh i think is is the biggest thing because you could be as as talented as as you as as anyone else out there but if you're a shitty person no one's gonna want to take you on tour exactly maybe maybe that's why you unfollowed me on twitter i'm just saying i'm I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna fix it right now Uh, i don't want no pity following josh i'm I'm being a bad person now by not following you after i just said to be a good person so (laughs) Uh, we'll do it we're we're, we're not we're now mutuals again there we go (laughs) wow i'm I'm one of the i'm one of the lucky 237 guilty Guilted. Yeah, see, it's it's not it's not like it's like a big number that I'm following. It's just like it's like you know what, we we probably just didn't interact interact for like five months. So he'll he'll block me when this podcast. Yeah. I was just gonna say he's gonna get off of here. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll go he'll go and he'll be like, guys, he'll go to Rise Records. And be like, listen, if this band True Shot ever comes through, decline him. The guy Richard is a total moron. But. Uh, no. I think we're we're gonna be friends forever on the internet now. I'll, what I'll end up doing is screenshotting me following you and then sending pictures of that to Adam sometimes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Adam. <laughs> I don't even think Adam. Do you have you ever? Do you know how to operate a Twitter account? I don't. You, you, I don't. I don't tweet, bro. I don't tweet. Sky. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're you're missing out, dude. I love yeah. Twitter. Twitter's yeah, like Twitter, where I spend most Twitter's of my day fun. interacting with people. 
Oh, yeah, man. it is yeah, super no. fun. I, I, I do Facebook and Instagram. That's about my extent. Oh, I haven't been on Facebook, and I can't remember the last time I went on Facebook, really. Yeah, probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a good thing, honestly. But uh, chaos. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Well, it was awesome talking to you. I'm glad that we did this. Um, yeah, so, so thanks it, thanks for having me. Yeah, Josh hit me up because we're, we're that popular of a podcast. <laughs> Uh, even though he didn't follow me, he he thought he had he, hey, he thought he could. I still up. followed you on Instagram this that whole time. That, that so. doesn't count. What do you mean that it doesn't, doesn't count? Doesn't count. I'm, I mean, I'm verified on Instagram. I'm not verified you, on Twitter. The Instagram one's friends, more important. You cannot be friends with me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Like what is what is against Twitter? I mean, what what did I do so terribly on Twitter where I couldn't be followed on all bad three? prospect picks? Unbelievable. Well, just for the record, people, just so we have it on record here, that when Thousand Below is headlining shows, they have to they have to throw us a bone. I mean that it's I have the screenshots. This will be the scandal of Josh Thomas is that if he doesn't live up to his word. <laughs> there we go. I've I have i made him very uncomfortable. See, look at this guy. Might, might, might be waiting a while because I have no idea when we're supposed to headline ever. Uh -oh. I, honestly, I would push it off as long as I could because I love being a support band and like I'm scared that we headline and then like it's gonna be like sixty people max. See, like, he wants like, to push it off. He wants to push yeah, it I just, off. I just don't want to hang out, out with you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> he, will, he will hinder his own band's trajectory and and success just to stay away from me. See that? <laughs> He's See smart. That? He's smart. We're, we're on opposite coasts, and I'm, I have this much of an effect on the guy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but all right, man. I'll let you get out of here. Um. Man, it's like it's like dinner time where you are. I'm almost in the next day over here on the East Coast. Yeah, but I, I've I've not eaten yet, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get some grub right after this. Nice. There you go. Granted, I, I woke up at twelve thirty, so like, oh jeez, lunchtime. You know, jeez, yeah. 12 <laughs> man. But uh, all right, man. Well, like I said, it was good talking to you. Uh, finally got to speak after all these years. I feel like we've been in a in a, in a Omegle relationship. You know, we've kind of been talking <laughs> to each other, but we've never been able to hear each other's yeah. voices. You know. Ho hopefully, the next time that we go play over there, you don't fake getting sick. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'll make sure. Maybe I'll maybe I'll have uh, Corona when you come back over here. I'll be I'll be part of the third wave. The third. I do. Wave. I got to give him a shout out though. So he was like deathly ill with likely Corona. And he had been thrown up so bad the day before, he missed a show, so he played instrumental. And he had all of these blood blisters from puking so hard, and he fucking screamed the next night when we we uh, we had a show. That there sounds horrible. Yeah, See, I, li I like I like being put over like that. You hear that? But but, that, but for that show, we had to we had to backtrack drums, which was extremely. Oh, it was the worst weird. thing ever. Worst. Dude, that that was, sounds. That sounds do. awkward. Because our drummer yeah, it was, was sick. Extremely awkward. <laughs> Yeah. So it was one. I, I, just, I just can't imagine. Like even I wear in ears on stage, but like you could feel the drums. Yes, exactly. Because they, they make they make like I don't know how to explain it, but you feel like the vibrations of like the kick, and you could feel like the cymbals and, and everything when you're up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't imagine just not having any of that. It, it was being... not fun. I know. I just got up on stage like so feebly. I'm like, our drummer is sick, and I am too. But here's the set. <laughs> It's like the most feeble thing ever. While but, uh, that, like you were, uh, you were able to, to play, but he wasn't when he was sick. 
Yeah, well, so we actually played on back to back days. So it was a Saturday and a Sunday. Okay. And so the, the Saturday, I couldn't, man. Like I was literally in the hospital yeah, like, you as were the, in the show hospital. was starting. Yeah. And, and I, I, I felt so bad. Like I wanted to play so bad. And then the next night, he was too sick. So it was like, okay. Uh, it was okay, awful. I get it. it was, but, you know, the, the, the vocalist, I think I have to show up. You know, and I didn't. I feel bad about that because I mean, the, the the rest of these guys. If you're in, yeah. if you're in the hospital, you know. I know, but they, then they they they, they could have just backtracked vocals. We did. Well, they 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 did. Nice. Which, which nice. They, which they which I was told sounded very weird. Which I don't know. They probably should have just went <laughs> instrumental. Because yeah, I mean, not, I think if we did it again, uh, we'd go instrumental. Yeah. And I I went to. I remember a, a Dr. Acula show. If you guys have ever heard of that band oh before. My God, oh, they, yeah. they haven't. Uh, they haven't been. They've been big since I was like two. But I remember I went to one of their shows on Soma Side Stage, where the vocalist was not on tour with them. And there was probably 200 people there. But what they did was they had two microphones, and they were like, "Hey, if you guys know the words, just come up and sing a part." So, <laughs> nice. So I got to at like 16 years old sing a part of Shocker on Shock Street. That uh, is awesome. They were just people were just going up and singing and screaming parts. Uh, the mics was just in the crowd, and like the, the band just did the whole tour like that. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Well, especially the worst part though is that my vocals from back then, like the ba- like they're terrible. I mean, I listen to them back, and I'm like, oh my god, man! Like I almost want to redo the whole freaking thing. But uh, the, yeah, so like I can just imagine like just people in the crowd listening to like this one band without a vocalist and two a band without a vocalist where it's backtracked terrible vocals <laughs> so, it I'm didn't sound like, oh, that bad what a, what a crazy experience I, I so, say, the, the, the second day the sound guy was probably stoked that he didn't have to like mic a drum set or do anything it was just well so dude what, what happened was is that it sounded horrible at the beginning because it was like i don't know what he did but it sounded like a straight just bass explosion because like mm-hmm. I don't know how, I don't know what Adam you 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 know how to explain it much better than I do. The guy the, the guy didn't know like I gave him separate feeds for everything. So all he had to do like the drums were already pre-mixed. All he had to do was just level everything, the backing tracks. Oh, so did did for the drums did you give him like one stereo file for the drums or did you give him like kick, snare? No, toms, I gave him all, I gave him a stereo okay. file for the drum and I gave him his own line for it so it was like it was coming through you know, one line so he could he could mix each individual part. And, yeah. um, you know, I said, hey, can you throw a fat channel on, on the drum channel just to thicken it up a bit? And he goes, what's a fat channel? I'm like, some compression, little, you know, little EQ <laughs> on there, boost it. You know, he make it sound like a halfway decent kit. He had no idea what he was doing. Yeah. Very, very professional outfit yeah. over here. You know? Ho- hopefully, very, very professional. hopefully you guys don't have to do any more shows with backtrack drums. Yeah, we won't. <laughs> No. I don't think we will. No, no, I, that would no, man. But uh, yeah, man. No, it was good talking to you, and uh, I'll be monitoring my social media closely to see if the follows <laughs> remain. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make a new, I'm going to make a new Twitter and follow everyone else, but yeah, you. but you. I'll be yeah. following like 13 million people, and I'll be the only <laughs> one left out. <laughs> Also, for those of you not watching the video feed, Josh has a great hat that says "Dad Life," which we need to get one of those, Adam. We we are yeah, actual dads. Uh, I was at Target. My friend was buying some shorts, and I saw it there for like eight ninety nine. And I was like, yeah, I don't care if I'm a dad or not, dude. I'm getting this dad life hat. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, man, it was good talking to you. Like I said, for the fifteenth time, and uh, yeah, man, I I hope that. Uh, 
some shows here happen pretty soon. You guys make your way out here, and we can finally, finally consummate yeah. the relationship. Which I don't know if consummate will be the right yeah, word. I wouldn't have said but, that, but that's okay. Well, I mean, hey, you know, I, I mean, hey, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. But, I'm a pretty uh, open guy, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, I just have to okay with my girlfriend in the other room. It should be all right with her though. But anyway, um, yeah, man, it was good talking to you. And uh, be, yeah, be safe. And what, what's up? Go ahead. I was gonna say, hopefully, um, you guys last for like a hundred episodes, and I could be back on. You know. Yeah, we'll do like the Joe Rogan where like you come back like five years from now. Like yeah. we'll see, we'll catch it, you know. But uh yeah, man. So I'll, I'll let you go ahead and plug away. I'm sure a lot of people watching this are obviously familiar with Thousand Below because that's I mean they're not just watching it for us, we're a couple of knuckleheads. But uh I don't know, you, you guys get some views on YouTube. Well yeah, we, you, yeah, you, we you got some following. Yeah, a little bit. We the reactions have have uh, helped that out, but uh but yeah, man, go ahead, plug away. Where can people yeah. find you, um, band, all that? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's just search thousand below. We're we're be the first thing. I'm hoping if I'm if we're not, that sucks for us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll confirm that while you talk. We we interact the most on Twitter. So if you want to talk to us, hit any of us on our individuals or the band account. We reply to almost everything. Um, we have a new EP coming out sometime. I don't know. It's tracked. It's mixed. It's we're trying to figure a release plan out for it. So watch out for that. Go listen to Lost Between on Spotify because it's the best song we've ever written and it doesn't have enough plays. Uh, and then you know, go go check out the the True Shot reaction to Lost Between by Thousand Below that they haven't done yet, but I'm plugging it now so they have to. Oh, so that's what I was gonna say, <laughs> dude. Because we because what we do, what we do is that we do a reaction that's associated with you know the band. So I was gonna ask you, did you have one in mind that you wanted us to do? And so we'll do. Uh, I, I heard- yeah. So what was that called? Did you say you said vain? Okay, vain. I right, write that down. <laughs> and <laughs> so lost between or what? What was the other one? Or or alone? Those are my two favorite songs off of LP two. Now you're gonna get the first uh, uh, cry out of me on the reaction channel. Like uh, I would cry. definitely I would definitely go lost between then. Okay, all right. It, it's it's the more emotional uh, emotional of the two. Oh, it's boy. it's my favorite. We when we recorded that song, we would go on YouTube and look up um, the Transformers movies fight scenes in slow motion, and then play Lost Between as like the soundtrack for it. And, uh, <laughs> That's just, it just awesome. <laughs> nice, nice. It just, it just fits so perfectly. So if you wanna if you wanna try that out as well, give it a go. Cool. Just makes it feel all nice. Nice. So we'll yeah. So we'll have this up this Tuesday. So that'll be on what what is this Tuesday? The ninth, and we'll have that and the reaction up both up on the ninth. And uh, yeah, man, you were our longest podcast to date. You should feel very honored. Thank uh, we you. Did, we had some good talks. You know, yeah. you tried saying bye like thirty minutes ago, and we've just kept going. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's okay. Man. That's authentic conversation right there. That's what it's about. I, 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 yeah, I mean, because I, I well before I talked to uh, Frankie Paul Mary of Amuro, that was our first episode. That's like my favorite band. So I, I was just like, so Frankie, can I just talk to you forever? But uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. All right, we'll end it here. Josh Thomas, ladies and gentlemen, from Thousand Below. Thank you so much, man. Thank and guys, you, man. make sure you check out his band, and uh, we'll be doing a reaction to their song Vain. I don't know. <laughs> on Tuesday. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Till the next one. We'll see you later. Thank Peace you. Peace out. Right. See Peace. you guys. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, see you later. Josh. Bye.